praise the Lord. Thank you for joining with us in prayer this morning. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. If you're visiting with us, may I say a very special welcome to you. We're delighted to have you in the house today. Those of you that are going to class, feel free to do that at this time. And would you help me make welcome to this platform, the man of God that we're learning to love and appreciate even more, Brother Robert Martin. Can you make him welcome this morning? God bless you. to be here this morning. A verse came to my mind while we were praying. I forget if it's Isaiah. I think it's in Isaiah that the Lord says, give me no rest until Zion become a praise in the earth. And so that's not the end of our prayer because we prayed this morning, but we pray and we pray and we pray and we give heaven no rest until Zion, until Israel becomes a praise in the earth. And there's some people that would say, well, isn't this Bible prophecy fulfilled? Doesn't there have to be an increase of strife and conflict? Well, there's also Bible prophecy that says in the last day there'll come a great falling away. But we're not cheering on those things. We're believing for a different Bible prophecy to happen first, that he'll pour out of his spirit, that sons and daughters will prophesy, that revival will sweep the nations, and that the church will be the restraining force God has called us to be. Amen. I thought about this song this morning during worship. It's an old song, but in the midst of all that's going on, may we learn to trust the Lord again. Amen. Praise God. I've seen a righteous man suffer pain And it looked like the wicked would go free that just didn't seem right to me. Oh, I asked you for sunshine, but you sent a rain. And I cried for healing, and no
this morning in the presence of the Lord. It's probably your custom as it is in most places to stand for the reading of the word. We're going to read some rather lengthy passages and so I will remain standing but you can be seated as we go to God's word this morning. First Samuel chapter 30. Let me say again what an honor it is to be here. There's uh, several things I love about this house and about your leadership, and one of the greatest is that your pastor is a friend to my pastor, and pastors need friends that are in the trenches together that can support one another. They're they're going uh, to Armenia again together uh, in some time in the future, and I'm thankful for their heart for missions. I'm thankful that in Connorsville, Indiana, there are not people that are living in an echo chamber and a silo of their own community, but have a heart for Israel and for the nations to know the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. And that comes because the heart of your pastor is open to the heart of the Lord for the nations. I, I probably need to give them their, their greater honorific term above brother, above pastor is uh, Graham and Papa. Amen. Brother Austin and Sister Kyla sit uh, one or two rows behind me at Abundant Life Tabernacle in Germantown, Ohio. And uh, little Blakelin, we became very close friends even before she was born. Sister Kyla's sitting behind us, and so after service was dismissed, I just turn around and 
I know you probably want to be the first to preach the gospel to her, but while she was yet in the womb, I said, Jesus loves you, has a plan for your life. This is your adopted Uncle Robert, and uh, I'm preaching Jesus to you. So, amen. Even after she was born, Austin said, Robert, when you get up to preach, Blakeland just, she comes alive. She comes alive. She knows the voice. <laughs> amen. She's got discernment. Now, Porter, I don't know. He doesn't have that gift of discernment yet. We're still working on him, but Amen. If you have your Bible, we're going to 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 1. Praise God. <clears throat> As we go to God's Word, I think it, it behooves us to be reminded that this is not a bedtime story. This is not mythology. This is not a parable. This is not a fable. This is not an object lesson. Somebody say it really happened. Amen. 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 1, and it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag. Somebody say Ziklag. That's a preacher word. You won't hear that on ESPN. Ziklag. It came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and had smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went out on their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. Verse 6. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. Other translation, he strengthened himself in the Lord. He built himself up on the inside in the presence of the Lord, his God. And David said to Abiathar, the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abiathar brought hither the ephod to David. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, I, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Mm, we sang it this morning. He inquired of the Lord, and the Lord answered him. The Lord answered, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. Notice, David is praying this in exile. David is praying this as he is being chased by King Saul for over 16 years. David is praying this surrounded by the roughest men of his day, people that were fleeing from, from their debtors, uh, people that they owed debts to, people that were, uh, uh, I mean, escaped convicts. He had a rough crowd that had become his mighty men. They had lived in caves, and now they're living in a city outside of Israel as, as refugees, as runaways, so that they're not massacred by the king of the land that hates David. It's not a beautiful situation. It's not the, the greatest upper echelon crowd. And here he is finding a way to get in the presence of God and encourage himself in the Lord on the inside. Now I want us to go two, two chapters backward. I know this is not customary to read this much scripture in the beginning of a message, but I want us to see the context. 1 Samuel chapter 28 and verse 3. At a very similar time, very close in time, this is the condition of Saul. Now Samuel was dead and all of Israel had lamented him and buried him in Ramah, even his own city. And Saul had put away those that had familiar spirits and the wizards out of the land. And the Philistines gathered themselves together and came and pitched in Shunem. And Saul gathered all of Israel together and they were pitched in Gilboa. Now Gilboa is where Saul and his sons end up dying. 
And when Saul saw the host of the Philistines, he was afraid and his heart greatly trembled. Now, the Bible says of Saul that he was head and shoulders taller than any other man in Israel, meaning you take the next tallest man in Israel, and where his head stops, Saul's shoulders start. God had raised him up to be a leader. God had raised him up in military strength. He had already overcome the Philistines, the Amalekites, different invasions on many occasions, and yet he did not ever know how to get in the presence of God and be built up on the inside. He always had to go to a preacher, a prophet named Samuel, and now Samuel is dead, and he's afraid, he's discouraged, he's overwhelmed, and so the so when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord answered him not, neither by dreams, nor by Urim, nor by prophets. Then said Saul unto his servants, Seek me a woman that hath a familiar spirit that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servant said to him, Behold, there is a woman that hath a familiar spirit in Endor. And Saul disguised himself and put on another raiment, and he went, and two men with him, and they came to the woman by night, and he said, I pray thee, divine unto me by the familiar spirit, and bring me him up whom I shall name unto thee. Verse 12. And when the woman saw Samuel, she cried with a loud voice. And the woman spake to Saul, saying, Why hast thou deceived me? For thou art Saul. The king said unto her, Be not afraid. For what sawest thou? And the woman said unto Saul, I saw God's ascending out of the earth. And he said unto her, What form is he of? And she said, An old man cometh up. He is covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel. And he stooped with his face to the ground and bowed himself because thou obeyed, verse 18, this, this, this thing that's been manifest now in the room of this witch's house is speaking in verse 18, because thou obeyest not the voice of the Lord, nor executest his fierce wrath upon Amalek. Therefore the Lord done this thing unto thee this day. Moreover, the Lord will also deliver Israel with thee into the hand of the Philistines, and tomorrow shalt thou and thy sons be with me. And the Lord also shall deliver the host of Israel into the hand of the Philistines. Then Saul felt straightway all along the earth and was sore afraid because of the words of Samuel, and there was no strength in him, for he had eaten no bread all that day nor all that night. And I'd like to preach for a little while this morning on this simple topic, pressure. Something on the inside. Father, we need you. We need the power of your word, the power of your spirit. God, I ask you now that you would love these people. I've been praying all the way over here, God, today. Love these, your people, through me and through your word today. Jesus, we desperately come to your table. And we ask that, God, you would deposit something eternal, something of substance, something that will carry us through the coming days on the inside of us. We'll give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. 111 years ago, the maiden voyage of what was considered to be one of the greatest marvels of its day, the Titanic, left the shores of Europe with those that could afford the wealthiest, most expensive tickets, but it never made her arrival in the United States because it was shipwrecked. Hit an iceberg, and the water that was only meant to be on the outside found its way on the inside until so much of that water's pressure pushing in began to push it down. 111 years later, billionaires wanting to go see the wreckage designed another vessel, the Ocean Gate Titan, built out of carbon fiber and all the specifications of a submarine to get down to that level, and people paying again the highest price for tickets 
went down in a submersible several months ago trying to look at the wreckage of another shipwreck, and they never came back up again. Why? Because when you start going under the water, you feel that pressure change in your ears. You have to equalize. You go deeper. You can't breathe compressed air. You have to breathe pure oxygen if you're a scuba diver. You go deeper. You actually have to breathe something completely different. You can engineer some capsule, but the only way that that capsule is going to maintain its shape is this very simple law of physics, and that is that if the pressure on the inside pushing out is greater than the pressure on the outside pushing in. We live in a time of pressure, not on one front. We could handle if it was only medical, if it was only mental, if it was only in marriage, if it was only in finance, if it was only in our children's education, if it was only in, on the, in the sports field, if it was only in the political realm, if it was only the Israel conflict, if it was only the Ukrainian conflict, if it was only on one front, maybe we could not implode. But it is the design of the enemy to press in on every side until we begin to lose shape. But David taught us in the Psalms, he said, I was distressed. That's King James Version for stressed out. Amen. Anybody know what it's like to be stressed out? He said, I was under pressure, but the Lord set me in a large place. Now, I don't know if you've thought about this, but, but God has made no mistakes. If he made you white, he did it on purpose. You don't have to apologize for it. If he made you African-American, he did it on purpose. Amen. There's no apology. If he made you some other color of the, of the spectrum, amen, you are beautiful the way God made you. Amen. And if one of your mamas was Latina and your, one of your fathers was, was a Caucasian, you probably just mix and look more beautiful than the rest of us. You never need a tan. Amen. God made you the way he made you on purpose. Not only is that true, he made you the gender he made you on purpose. I don't mean that as a political statement. I simply mean God makes no mistakes. But if you're anything like me, I've asked God a thousand times, why couldn't I have been born with my grandfather? Why couldn't I have heard Claude Ely preach in person? Why couldn't I have been in some of the Billy Graham crusades that went on for 16 weeks at a time in Madison, Madison Square Garden, New York City, as tens of thousands were born again? Why not to be in those great glory days? Why not, why not Andy Griffith Mayberry, where Andy Griffith was the sheriff and everybody seemed to get along okay and the drunk checked himself into the county jail? Why not leave it to beaver time, where things seemed to be, be a little bit more simple. God, did you make a mistake? Oh, hear me, friend. We want to clap about he made no mistakes on race. We want to clap about he made no mistakes on gender. But may I remind you in 2023, if you're grieving someone who's in heaven, he took them at the proper time. And because you're not there, it's not time for you to grieve for yourself. If he still gives you breath, it's because he still has purpose for your life. Amen. If you're still here, then you're in the kingdom for such a time as this. Elijah, you're here for such a time as this. Amen. To our elders, you're here. God's not done with you. We need you for such a time as this. Praise God. There is pressure all around, but God knew. He said through, through 1 Corinthians, he said that there is no tempt temptation taken us, but such as is common to man. But in every temptation, he will make a way of escape that we would not be tempted above that which we are able to bear. I went to Ozark Bible Institute in college, and uh, before I went there, the choir used to sing this song that says, he believes in me, and that's enough for me to make it all the way. I don't know why we didn't go to high school with the prophet Jeremiah. 
I don't know why God didn't put us with the 12 disciples in that generation. But he knew where he needed everybody. He put Adam and Eve in the beginning, not on accident, on purpose. You're going to break it. I'm going to fix it. I've got a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Uh, Noah, you're going to be here right on time to build a boat. Abraham, you'll be here right on time to start a family. Joseph, you'll be here to preserve that family through, through Egypt. Moses, I need you right here to deliver them. Joshua, to take them into the promised land. Judges, prophets, prophetesses, Deborah, Huldah, Samuel, Elijah, then Elisha, amen, Saul, David, Solomon, build a temple, kingdoms rising, all in perfect time, then Jesus, in the fullness of time, amen. I'm used to preaching seven-night revivals. I'm trying to give it to you all on one morning. Come on, turn your hearing aid up on high speed. Come on, here we go. Jesus, not late, not early, in the fullness of time. They may want to change the calendar in those secular universities to say that B.C. is B.C.E. before the common era because they're afraid to say before Christ and A.D. to after the common era. Hey, man, it doesn't matter what you change the initials to. Hey, man, you take the numbers back to zero and you don't find Buddha or Muhammad or any other leader, there is one that came in the fullness of time. God knew where to put those original disciples. Paul said he felt like he was late, an apostle born out of due season, but he was right on time. Amen. And then all of the church reformers, the early church fathers, then Martin Luther, then John Wesley. Amen. Then our great, our great healing ministers, our great revivalists through the last century. But I could see in the wisdom of God, him looking into the last days and saying greater darkness, greater temptation, greater pressure. Who will be able to be tempted and it won't be more than they're able to bear? Who can stay married in 2023? Who can go through high school and not contract a sexually transmitted disease in 2023? Who can maintain their mental health and have the peace of God in the midst of all the crisis? Who can do this in 2023? I'm not saying we're any better than anybody else. I am saying, though, they did not make it here, and you did. And that means God believes you can take it. He believes you can be a light on your job. You can continue in your prayer life under the darkness of the... You can raise godly children. Bless God. Amen. You can. Don't you know that our pastors wish, Lord God... We wish we had some of our elders, some of our pillars to come and hold us up. But they're in heaven and we're here. Man, the last several years I thought, God, I wish we still had Martin Luther King Jr. to deal with some of this unrest between races in our nation. I wish we had a Billy Graham or a David Wilkerson to speak to the nation with a prophetic voice. But God has not called us to go to a witch and have a seance. If you know anything about me, I, am, I, I love my heritage in God. I thank God for the elders that I sat at the feet of that poured into my life. But friend, we become no better than some superstitious, dead religion. If we only want to sit at the feet of some old ministry and say we wish they were here. God took them on time and he put your pastor here for this time and this message in this house for this time. For such a time as this, God's saying something to you and something to me. You may be under pressure, but I know how to build you up in your most holy faith. Saul came under pressure and he was afraid. He came under pressure and he said, conjure for me a dead preacher because I don't know how to hear from God. Oh my. I've heard some stuff as an evangelist. Wild stuff. I was preaching at a church in Missouri 
And this pastor, had, he, he had been an interim pastor at another church. And he said, well, I was interim there for one year. They had wood paneling walls. He said, and I went ahead and did some upgrades. He said, and I put in sheetrock and drywall. And I, I painted the inside. He said, and a, a, a saint, an elder saint came in the next Sunday and said, oh, you've covered up the holy walls. My uncle, the founding pastor, put up those wood panel walls. Why would you cover the holy walls? How many know the Holy Ghost is not in wood paneling? He's not in sheetrock. He's not in an organ. He's not in a tambourine. He's not in one style. He'll show up on Monday night as well as he can show up on Sunday night. Amen. The Holy Ghost is not bound to those things. And yet if we're not careful, we'll think, I can't survive this day because it wasn't like it used to be. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the question is not, is he the same up there? The question is, is he alive in here? My favorite verse in the whole Bible, Romans 8 and 11, says if the spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, then that same spirit will quicken or make alive your mortal body. He comes alive in us. He puts something of substance. He builds up the constitution of what you as a man and a woman can live under. A friend of mine was texting me, a youth pastor in Georgia. He said, our church is going through things. My family's going through things. Help me pray. I'm in the 30-day prayer marathon to get an answer from God. I texted him a week later. I said, how's it going? He said, i got to call you with a testimony. He called me yesterday. He said, oh, God has moved. I'm like, really? He said, he said I was trying to get out of Georgia, move to Chicago. He said, a, a, an apartment opened up with a really affordable lease. He said, a, a job opened up that would have paid me really well. He said, I was ready to move. And on the 30th day of the prayer marathon, the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, you're not going to move. You're going to stay. I said, that's not the testimony I was expecting. He said, but when I knew the will of God, I received grace to endure the attack that's coming against my pastor and against my church. He said, my father's going through depression, but I sit in his living room and I feel the grace of God to be there to encourage and to pray. He said, I've not been taken away, but I've been given grace to stay. Wow, what a testimony. I'm looking for the coming of the Lord. I'm looking for the rapture. But if he doesn't come today, we don't have to be deflated, empty, implode vessels we can be under pressure and have grace to stand on the inside come on think about pressure is what produces some good things I know y'all are thinking about diamonds that's the obvious you can't make a diamond without pressure let me tell you about something else that doesn't happen without pressure chick-fil-a chicken come on somebody Mm, you ain't going to say amen about Jesus. At least say it about Chick-fil-A. Come on. Hallelujah. Half the congregation just woke up when I got on fried chicken. Oh, am I on the right part of the country to preach on fried chicken? We, I'm, I'm born and raised in Florida, lived most of my life in Orlando, and we have an, a, a restaurant in Orlando that is an Indiana farm-style restaurant. They got some of the best fried chicken and waffles. I'm getting hungry. Y'all stay and have church all day. I'm feeling the late leading to go eat really soon, so y'all just stay as late as you want. Amen. And, you know, this, I saw a video of some British guys that came over and tried Chick-fil-A for the first time, and they're like, it comes in a foil bag. What is this? Pulled it out. This don't look like much. Sunk their teeth into it and got delivered from fish and chips instantly. 
They said this has no business tasting this good. You know why? Because Truett Cathy found if you put chicken breast in the right batter and then you cook it under pressure, it comes out tasting a lot better. Amen. What if the plan of God says I'll make something of flavor and I'll make something of diamond value. I'll make something out of you that I can only trust those that can live under pressure. I'm going to read you several verses if the media team wants to go with me out of Revelation. These, these are the concluding verses to the seven churches of Asia, and you'll hear the theme as we go along, but God tells us over and over. How many know we're living in the book of Revelation right now? Revelation 2 and 17, that he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna. Revelation 2 and 26. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto him, to him will I give power over the nations. Revelation 3 and 5. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. Y'all just get in here with me whenever you feel like it. He's talking to us. Revelation 3 and 12. Him that overcometh will I I make a pillar in the temple of my God and he shall go no more out and I will write my name, his name of, um, of my God and the name of the city of my God which is the new Jerusalem which cometh down out of heaven from God and I will write upon him my new name, Revelation 3 and 21, to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne, Revelation 21 to the second to the last chapter of the book of the Bible says he that overcometh cometh shall inherit all things and I will be as God and he shall be my son. How can we overcome if there's no opposition? How can he call us overcomers if we don't face anything in this life? Oh friend he says I put you in a season and a time there may be pressure but do like David. Come and put on your garment of royal priesthood. Somebody sent me a, a, a video, a YouTube clip of a Catholic priest saying, you know, really Protestants and Catholics, we believe very similar things, and he was trying to break down how our beliefs overlap, and really we do believe in salvation by faith, and I'm not mad at, at Catholics that don't hear me wrong. I'm not mad at anything, and yet at the end of that video, I couldn't help but tell him, if we believe something so similar, why did they burn us at the stake for believing not in infant baptism, but in the ability to be born again and then a believer's baptism in water? Why did they burn us? They took one woman who had won so many people to the Lord away from dead religion. They said, we'll burn her at the stake if she doesn't recant. She wouldn't recant. They said, if we allow her to speak on the way to the stake, she'll win even more. They took a wood screw through the bottom of her mouth, screwed it up into the top of the palate of the roof of her mouth so she couldn't continue to preach. Why did they do that? Amen. Because we believe in the simple truth, the priesthood of all believers. We believe you don't have to go into a confession booth this morning and get somebody else to get a hold of God for you. You can put on the ephod. David wasn't a priest, but he said, Abiathar, I got to get a hold of God for myself. Come on, two chapters earlier, Saul said, get a dead preacher for me to talk to God. David said, I'm not a priest or a king, but I'll talk to God for myself. And he encouraged himself in the Lord. If we're going to be overcomers in our day, we got to have something on the inside. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 
We have something greater than all that hell can throw against us this morning. Even now, even now as we park in the same spots, sit in the same seats, send our children off to their same classes, even now we are distracted by the routine, even now we are pulled by the thoughts of last week and coming days, even now the Lord would say, come to me and let me deposit something on the inside of you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I don't know what you did during COVID. Somebody help me on the keys if you would, please. I don't know how you, how you survived quarantine. I watched a lot of YouTube. And something I went down a rabbit trail of was surgeries. Anybody else like to watch like medical procedures? Just me and one person. Maybe she wasn't even waving. She was just scratching her hair. I don't know what happened. All right. Well, uh, just me. So I like to watch them. I, I think maybe I, I, in another life, I would have thought about being a doctor or surgeon. I shake too much. I could have never cut somebody open. I don't know. It's the anointing. I don't know. But uh, I watched a lot of them and I found, I found some procedure that they do. They, they do it if you're an ear, nose, and throat doctor and someone's sinuses have collapsed and they can't breathe. How many know breathing's not optional? You got to get the air in. They do a similar procedure if your arteries are full of plaque and they can't, the blood can't get through. That's not optional. You got to get blood back into the heart and back out to the extremities. And what they do is they take a balloon. It's a new bag. Dollar General this morning. Past $15 Generals between Ohio and here, or everywhere. This is straight from the factory. Brand new. Hopefully nobody else's lips have ever been on this. But if you could see it up close, it's wrinkled, it's dented, and it's small. Because though it is the way it was created to be, it is not yet what its potential is that it could be. Why? Because currently the pressure on the outside pushing in is greater than the pressure on the inside pushing out. I got a whole bag of them. You can give them to your kids or you can take one from the altar this morning. Go home and blow it up and shout however you want to. Amen. If you need a token from the message, I got something from Dollar General for you today. I want you to simply remember that when Jesus said in John chapter 20 and verse 22. Am I allowed to get off the platform? John chapter 20 and verse 22. He breathed on his disciples. Not Benny Hinn, not A.A. A. Allen, not, no, no, Jesus the Christ didn't just say receive the doctrine, receive the knowledge, get a four point, get a four bullet in, in, inspiration. No, he went and then said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. What was he saying? He was saying it's going to be like this when he comes on you. It was like this when he got in the lungs of Adam when he was formed out of dust. And in a few days, you'll be in an upper room. And when you start hearing like a mighty rushing wind, it's God saying, I'm putting something on the inside so that you can stand under the pressure of Nero. You can stand under the pressure of the Sanhedrin. Amen. Some of you will be persecuted. Some of you will die. But you will not cave to their pressure because I'm going to put something on the inside that will push out greater than the pressure on the outside pushing in. You know what those surgeons do, though? 
when they find a blockage in the artery, in the sinuses, they take a surgical balloon. They take it and they push it up through an artery or up through your nasal passage. When they find a place that is so constricted that nothing can get through, that surgeon places it in the tightest place. Are you hearing me? The place of greatest pressure. I mean, could you, could you send me to the lungs or the stomach? Could you send me some? Could you, if that balloon could talk to that doctor, don't you be saying, could you send me somewhere where I could really just enjoy myself? Why'd you put me in a place of pressure? That's what you were made for. You're not a party balloon. You're a surgical instrument that's been designed that when I find the place of tightest constriction where life cannot flow, then when I insert you purposefully, strategically, and you feel like the walls are caving in, then I can breathe on you. And as you get bigger on the inside, the pressure inside of that surgical instrument pushing out becomes greater than the pressure of the plaque on the walls of an artery, greater than the pressure on the walls of the sinuses. And when it pushes out, now air can flow, now blood can flow, now life can flow. Robert, I wish I lived in Andy Griffith Mayberry, but I don't. I'm living, I'm not cursing to you. I'm telling you, this is the reality of where some people are at. Some people, if they were honest, would say, it's hell on earth in my job it's hell on earth in my mind the people I go to school with the people on my team the darkness prevailing in my house some people aren't looking forward to Thanksgiving and Christmas because of the conflict within their home it's dark why couldn't I be in an easier job an easier school an easier family and God the great physician says you're not a party balloon I put you in a place of pressure on purpose why because when I get up in you greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world if I can breathe on my church then I can make way for the life for the blood for the breath of heaven to come again stand with me to your feet if you would please if this is not centered and grounded in the gospel then there's no point in even addressing it at all Jesus said there in Revelation you will be seated with me because I also overcame listen Jesus was already most high he was already at the right hand of the father he didn't have to get under our pressure the father surgically inserted him by the Holy Ghost in the womb of Mary and he lived on our dusty, dirty streets. And he blessed our children and he wiped away our leprosy. And he spoke life to us. And then he was inserted on a cross and into a tomb. He said in Matthew 26 and 38, Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. After the Last Supper, on his way to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray, he said, I feel pressure. I feel the pressure of the sin of all nations and of all time. I feel the pressure of the wrath of a holy God. I feel the pressure. He's about to drink the cup of your sin and mine. Pressure. Pressure inside of a graveyard of death where death had reigned. But on the third morning, 
It didn't take a whole conference. It didn't take five songs. It didn't even take all three days. He wasn't getting halfway up on the second day. He was 100% dead until one breath and the Holy Ghost breathed inside of the lungs of the Son of God. And with one breath, he got back up. He opened the grave. This is the gospel. Not just for us, but as us. And then said, now this same spirit that raised me up. Robert, you don't know how dark it is. Friend, you're not in a graveyard yet. If that power got Christ up from six foot under dead for you, then there's enough power to get you up and to make you an overcomer from whatever you're facing. Glory to the Lamb of God. We came for a minister's conference here, Pastor Setzer, and y'all sang, I'm an overcomer. He, got, he said, what's the name of that song? Overcomer. He wrote it down. He said, we're singing that. We just had our camp meeting. He made us sing it. What, what, what a song for this generation. He's called you, Father, not just to pay the bills. Hey, man, the war's not over when you deposit the paycheck in the bank and then it goes out to all of the, all of the vendors. No, there's a war for your mind, for your integrity. How do I survive? Let him breathe in you. Now hear me today, friend. I'm not asking you to just come forward and everybody talk in tongues. Listen, I would not, I would not have survived the broken home of my childhood, the transition of a small town to a big city. My world turned upside down. My parents not serving the Lord had I not been filled with the Holy Ghost at the age of 11. It was more than just talking in tongues. It was the river of living water pressing out on the inside that maintained my walk with God in my mind during those years. But somebody in this place may be under the pressure of shame, of sin, of condemnation. You don't need to talk in tongues, friend. You need to come let Jesus breathe grace on you and mercy on you. Say, Robert, I don't feel comfortable coming to the front. Listen to me, friend. Do I have any grandparents in the room that say, I got something that you will not even ashamed? Yep, that's me. You know your kids haven't lived perfect all year, but you want them to come home for Thanksgiving. You know your grandkids haven't been perfect. I know that's hard to believe, Grandma. Your grandkids have not been perfect. But you know what you want? You want them to be at the table. You want them to say, it doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Get a plate. Let me fill you with something on the inside. You know what the Lord says this morning? Jesus has a table spread where the saints of God are fed. He invites his chosen people. Come get substance on the inside. doesn't matter what you've done and where you've been. He wants to fill you with grace, with mercy. This is a simple altar call. It's not general. I'm not asking for the whole church to come. I'm just asking whatever it might be for you. If you're here and you say, Robert, I'm under pressure. Pressure on my job, pressure in my mind, pressure in spiritual realm, pressure under finances, pressure in a relationship situation, pressure. I need the Lord to build me up. I need to be encouraged in the Lord my God. If that's you, would you come and stand down here? family of God wants to encourage you, wants to pray with you. Would you come as they Everybody's begin to Pastor Jade Abrams here. I just want to thank you for watching and joining with us today. We're so glad that you chose to be with us. We just encourage you to stay in contact with us. Click, follow, subscribe on all of our social media platforms to stay up to date what's happening here at PTC. We bless you in Jesus' name and we love you and so does God. Have a good day.